Good morning. For those of you who are new, my name is Vicki Essler. I usually do the happy heart section of mom. And what it is, is happy heart is just teaching you the character trait that we are doing for the month and how to incorporate it into your life and then to go home and put it into your children's life. So today is gratitude, which is letting others know how they have helped you. And it brings to mind so many things to me. Gratitude for my family and for my friends and for each one of you who take the time out of your busy schedules to come here and to come to mom, to be the best mom that you can be. Having gratitude, giving thanks to the Lord for choosing me as his daughter, for making me a wife and then a mom, thankful that I have his word as a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God is good all the time. Repeat it after me. God is good all the time. Having an attitude of gratitude is a choice that I have to make, that you have to make on a daily basis. I can be content with my circumstances, or number one, I can complain. I can have one-itis whenever I go to the mall. Or number three, I can choose an attitude of discontent and then pass it on to my family and those that I come in contact with. I'm very thankful for my relationship with the Lord and all that he has taught me over the years. I'm very stubborn, I'm very strong-willed, and I can be that classic firstborn children who thinks their way is best. But guess what? In our home, there's four of us. I'm the firstborn in my family. Steve's the firstborn of three brothers. Stevie's the firstborn daughter, and Matthew is the firstborn male. So imagine how many times we butted heads, and we all think, We're right. My way is best. But you know, thank goodness for the word of God because it convinced us that he is the way. That Steve is to be the head of the household. I'm to be the helpmate. And Stevie and Matt are the children. And they are to be respectful and obedient to us, the parents. It's that old story of who did God make first, the chicken or the egg? Well, the Bible's very clear. He made parents and then he made children. Exodus twenty twelve tells us to honor your father and your mother so that you may live in the land that the Lord your God gave you. The Bible's words are always, always going to be clear. And its words are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The practice of not being anxious and having a heart of gratitude is right out of the Bible. Moms, Practicing and reading the Bible is worry-free living. Did you ever consider that when you think about the Word of God, Satan gets a headache? And when you open it, his stomach starts turning. And then when you read it, he collapses. But when you start to apply it to your life, He shudders and he flees because he cannot stand in the face of the glory of God. I do not know what I would have done over the past 31 years of motherhood if I had not had the word of God 
near me and kept my Bibles open on the kitchen counters. I say that every month. Keep your Bibles open on the kitchen counters. It's one of the most, it's a two for one. You get fed with the word and your kids are seeing what you're doing. Your kids are seeing what you're under, what you're underlining. If your husband is not a believer, he's seeing what you are doing. It is vital to keep your Bibles open somewhere that you're going to see it on a daily basis. I pray that the words of the Bible come very, very clear to you, that they jump off that page and come right into your heart. To get somebody started in this room, I have chicken soup for the soul. We're going to be giving out one of these every month, sometimes two a month. So who has the pumpkin and the leaf on their name tag? Just at some point, come up and get your chicken soup for the soul. Philippians 4 4 tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Now, does he tell us to rejoice sometimes? Mm-mm. He tells us to rejoice always. The formula for thanksgiving is found within this verse. Rejoice in whom? Rejoice in the Lord always. You will never be satisfied. If you place your gratitude and contentment in people, in places, or in things. And God did not tell Paul to say, to write this down, Paul, in Philippians. Rejoice in your family. Rejoice in your car. Rejoice in your home. Rejoice in your possessions. Rejoice in your friends. No, he said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it. Rejoice. Moms. If you haven't made a decision to follow the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, please see one of our speakers today. Look for a mentor mom that had these cute little name tags on. If you don't have the time today, pick up a copy of the Believer's Prayer. It's on the pool table back down in the back. It's a bright neon yellow color. You can't miss it. And then take it home and read it. When the wellspring of your heart is filled with gratitude to the Creator, to the one who made each and every one of us in this room, only then will you have true joy. He's the joy provider. He's the king of gratitude. And he is the Lord of thanksgiving. Don Moen, a Christian writer and singer and producer, wrote a great, uh, a classic song years ago called Give Thanks. And friends of ours were in New York City. They have three kids and they were in New York City for Thanksgiving, and the mom gets on that. They're going down to dinner, so the mom gets on the elevator, and she starts singing, Give Thanks. Her kids look at her like she is out. They're in high school or college. They look at her like she's crazy, but you know what? They get down a couple floors, and her husband starts singing with her, and they get down a couple more floors, and all three kids start singing with her. Now, I don't have to tell you that this family all have sung in first Baptist Christmas pageant, they all have wonderful voices. People get on the elevator, and some of those people know the song, and so they start singing it with them. And by the time they get to the lobby and they walk out, it just gives them cold chills. They're all singing, Give Thanks. And if you don't know this little praise song, it says, Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. And now, let the weak say, I am strong, and let the poor say, I am rich, for all He has done for us. Give thanks. Give thanks. May our November be filled with thanksgiving. 
Be thankful for God's daily provisions of food and clothing and shelter, for the jobs that provide for our families. Give thanks for God's love and his grace and his mercy. Give thanks for the freedoms that we have in this country. Hey, we can vote. A lot of, comp- a lot of countries, women are not allowed to vote. Share with your children why we celebrate Thanksgiving and what it means to us as a country. Give thanks for the gifts of laughter and joy. Give thanks for the trials that we have because they turn our hearts toward the Lord. And when we have those trials and we go to him, he encourages us. He teaches us. He strengthens us. He changes us for the better so that we can help and encourage others. Blessed is the child whose parents give him or her a foundation in the word of God. Proverbs 23.7 tells us, As a man, a mom, thinks, so is she. We have encouraged you this year to share your story, to share your story with another, because you know what? Sharing our stories within this room increases and bonds our relationships to each other. And trials add color to our story. They draw us closer to the Lord and to each other, which is what he intended all along. As you are going through a trial, ask yourself, teach it to your child to ask themselves, what is God trying to teach me? How does he want me to change as this trial might repeatedly come up? Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians 1 gives us three reasons why we have trials. In verse 4, we have trials so we can give comfort to others like he has given to us. In verse 11, number 2, we have trials so that we will rely upon the Lord God and not upon ourselves. And the third reason is found in verse 11, that when our prayer requests are answered, that we can in turn give glory back to the Lord. Emotions run high when we are going through a trial, and try not to read more into it than what is there. If it's the same trial, consider whom you are up against. If it's the same problem, same person, sometimes it is best to do a Fido, and that's forget it and drive on. It takes time to get our emotions under control, so stand silent like Jesus did three times when he faced the Sanhedrin. He just took a step back, and he stood silent. He said nothing whatsoever. There is much merit in keeping silent counsel whenever we're undergoing a trial, and to think things over, and to remember that silence is the sincerest form of contempt. Thank God for your trials because they draw us closer to him. We're not alone. We have a friend walking alongside us, and his name is Jesus. If you want to know more about standing silent, just go to my blog, ponder365.com, and look up on the April the 22nd post, and it's called Standing Silent. Do remember that gratitude within your heart, within your child's heart, is not an overnight thing. It takes time. When we as parents display thanksgiving, it sort of paves the way for our children to have that heart of gratitude too. Gratitude is a training field that incorporates unconditional love and generosity 
and a lot of patience. Spend loving time with your children. Let me repeat that. Spend time with your children. Pretty soon they'll be off to college and you'll be empty nesters and you will wish that you had spent more time with your children. Now, let's look at some ways on how we can make November a month of Thanksgiving for our families. If something strikes a chord within your heart as I go through these few little things, circle it, put a star beside it, and start doing it today, please. The first one is to be content. Basing our happiness on material possessions or exciting activities only leads to unhappiness and stress. It's a vicious circle. Materialism increases discontent, which decreases gratitude. Plan. Make a list of your wants and your needs. Then think before you make a purchase. A loan to our children is never just alone. As our kids get older and you try to get that money back, three things are going to happen. Tears, anger, and avoidance behavior. It's best not to give that loan to your kids in the first place so you can give them two choices. Number one is they can do without or number two you can say to them I love that I want you to have it but I think it's a good idea if you start saving your money and then think about how good you'll feel when you can bring all your money that you have saved and buy it. Now if you have a daughter and a, or a son who is very, very dramatic, they might say, I'm going to die if I don't have this today. But you know what? I've never heard a kid of dying because they did not get what they wanted when they wanted it. Money management is a big deal, and it's a life skill. And we can handle money, money better whenever we think first and buy later. Now, the Bible never tells us that we're going to be happy. It doesn't get, say we're going to guarantee happiness. But the Bible does tell us that we can be content. Paul in Philippians 4.11 said that he had learned. Do you hear that? Learned to be content in all circumstances. So if it took Paul a while to be content, it's going to take us a while to be content too. It's important to teach our children and then practice ourselves to find contentment in relationships, especially with the Lord God and in others, instead of things or going places. It's vital to our emotional and social development to have healthy relationship with the Lord and others. Getting back to the spending, hold firm limits to your spending limits that you have set as a family and say no if your child asks for more. You can calmly say, I love you too much to argue about this. Years ago, a young lady from Atlanta came into our BSF leadership group and we went to a retreat and she was wearing this cute little t-shirt that said, remember your dash. So I went up to her and I said, what does that mean, remember your dash? And she said that a friend of hers had just recently passed away, and that's what he was always saying to people, remember your dash, remember your dash. And the reason he said that is on your tombstone, how you have the date that you're born and a dash and the day that you die. So what are you doing with that dash in the middle from the time you're born and the time till you pass away? So with our dashes, let's let contentment 
and gratitude be the first two things that we incorporate this month because gratitude plus contentment equals a happy heart. Our second thing for putting gratitude within our families this month is nip selfishness and an attitude of entitlement in the bud as soon as they appear. I've never seen so many kids in my life who think they deserve everything under the sun. And, you know, we're going to be hard-pressed to have close friends if we have that attitude of selfishness and that attitude of entitlement. Life is tough, but no one can be number one all the time, and no one is entitled to anything under the sun. Philippians 2.3 tells us, Do nothing out of selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourself. Number three is nip pouting in the bud. When your child does not get their way or receive what they want when they want it, calmly walk over to the mirror and smile. Sometimes with the toddler you have to carry them and put the little face up next to yours and you smile and look into the mirror and say, what do you see? Even a teenager, toddler to teen, is going to be shocked sometimes at that snarly look that they have on their face. And Proverbs fifteen eighteen, if you can remember it, it's perfect to say to them that a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but a calm man stiffens a quarrel. The number four thing that we can do with our families is a family is to work together for the common good. Give your children chores whenever they're growing up. Simple tasks like putting away their toys trying to make their bed, even just putting the pillow up at the head of the bed. It can escalate as those little hands become more proficient. And I love this verse. It's Isaiah 41, 6. It says, Each comes alongside his brother and says, Be strong. Be strong. Isn't that what you want your kids to do, is come alongside each other and say, Be strong. It's wonderful. Number five, thank you notes are a generous display of gratitude. Now, Christmas is seven weeks away. Can you believe it? And yes, I'm very old-fashioned, but everyone loves to receive a thank you note in the mail. Even writing a two-sentence thank you note or making your own with fill-in-the-blanks for a younger child teaches our children never to take the gift nor the giver for granted. I have a plate that it used to hang in my kitchen until it fell in the middle of the night and broke. We didn't know what it was until the last minute. And then I was telling the story to a friend, and she, cause she, she, she said, so you don't have a Romans 1-8 plate anymore? And I said, no. I said, I'm so sad because I just loved it. Because when people came to our house and they were having a bad day, or my kids were having a bad day, I'd take it off the wall and serve dinner or lunch to them on it. So she went in her kitchen. She had a stock of them. So she gave me the plate. And Romans 1-8 says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you. So how many times have you thanked someone for being your friend? Thank them for being thank them for being there for you. Well, the next little thing that we have here is journal your family's gratitude. This is something that I always loved doing when my kids were growing up, that we would just take a piece of all festive paper and we would write A to Z on the side and then every night we would talk about 
what was something that we were grateful for and we would plug it in on that piece of paper and it would hang on the fridge. We did it because it was just it's easier for me to remember things A to Z. Plus it's a great precedent for Thanksgiving Day for teaching your child what Thanksgiving Day is all about. We need to prepare the way for Thanksgiving in our child heart and our children's hearts before the day arrives so that they understand what we are celebrating. And you can always sing that little song from one Psalm one eighteen twenty four that this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The seventh thing is gratitude is shown in the words that we use. Our words should build up and encourage, not argue and tear down. I say that sentence a lot whenever I'm speaking in happy heart. Steve and I were at a function a couple of weeks ago, and within 10 minutes of arriving, we noticed this one waiter was just not a happy camper. He could tell he did not want to be there. But he was doing a good job of keeping the tables cleared and, you know, of bringing food out. I mean, he was serving like this, you know. But he was, you know, replenishing the trays and and carrying them around. So about a half hour into the event, I noticed that Steve goes over and he's speaking to this young man. So I'm saying, oh, my gosh, what is he saying to him? So when he saunters back over to me and he's smiling, and I said, what did you say to him? And he said, I thanked him for what a wonderful job that he was doing, that you and I appreciated his conscientiousness, and that we were so thankful that he was working the event. Need I tell you that that young man smiled the rest of the evening? So see, our words really do matter, and we need to be gracious and give them out with much, much gratitude. Our children role model what we do. When we argue, our role changes to that as an equal because that's what they do with their siblings and their friends. They argue and debate limits and boundaries. So whenever we argue with our children, we put ourselves down on the level with them as a friend. And moms, you are not your child's friends until they are off the payroll. And then you can be their friend children listen less to a person who are to a person who argues so just like psalm 1914 tells us may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight O lord my rock and my redeemer Another aspect of gratitude is found in our words and in being polite. You can never say the words, please, thank you, and may I, enough. The word please is a word of respect, and the word thank you is a word of gratitude. But you know, may I shows who is in control. Gratitude grows out of a relationship when parents and children learn to be thankful for each other. At the family dinner table, have a contest to see who can say thank you the most times to someone during the day, but be able to tell you why they said thank you to someone. Children love a contest. A lot of adults do too, especially if you are firstborn. So it is, it's really fun to do that contest and see how many people you can say thank you to. In number eight, we're going to introduce the idea of the talking fork. And this is something that you can do at your Thanksgiving table. Explain um, to your children 
and to your guests that you have a talking fork and you hold it up high, your husband can do it. And whoever has the talking fork in their hand, it's a magic fork. It has wonderful powers. And whoever holds it in their hand is given the gift of a silver tongue. And they have one minute to share a favorite story why they named a pet the way they named it, Um, a favorite toy. You can make up anything that you possibly would like to do with your talking fork. So somebody has little gold leaves on their name tag. So after Happy Heart, please come up and get your talking forks that you can take home and start the talking fork within your own home. Number nine is with this is really important is to prepare your children ahead of time before your Thanksgiving table expands. There's a lot of seldom seen relatives, there might be some new people. There's going to be food on the table that they do not know what it is. So just encourage your children to take a taste of something if they don't like it. Not They don't need to make a big deal out of it. Just don't say anything at all. And also that your time is going to be split. You cannot give all of your attention to them because you have others in the household. And I always found it helpful to tell my kids in advance what we expected of them. Try to plan the day so that parents and grandparents and children and your friends can be thankful for the time that you spend together. Psalm 24 says, May he give you the desires of your heart and all of your Thanksgiving day plans succeed. Number 10 and last is gift your child's teacher at Thanksgiving. Include a little note that says why you are thankful. You can take one of the 10 Happy Heart Verses. This is the bottom of the two-page handout inside your magazine and use one of those verses as your thank you to the teacher. Now, every month, I forgot to do this in September and October, so in November, I have three sets here. If anybody has a pumpkin with a number one on it, a pumpkin number two with it, or a pumpkin number three on it, please come up and get your set of happy heart verses that are already handwritten out for you so that you can start hiding them within your hearts. He who is generous will be blessed. Moms, gratitude is a muscle that is strengthened with daily workouts. Our children role model those that they see that are strong and courageous, that are loving and very gracious. Look at your hand. Hold your hand out in front of you. Now take your pointer finger and write your name on the palm of your hand. Do you feel that tingle? God is calling you. God loves you. Isaiah 49 tells us that he has written our names on the palm of his hand. Now, reach out your hand and say after me, I am grateful. God has been good to me. God is good all the time. Mom, you've heard me say it so many times. You water and you wait. You'll see.